You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. I'm Craig and I'm the host of the show and I'm joined once again by Chris and Laurie. Hello guys. Hello. Hello. Alright, how was the Easter Bunny? Was it good to you? No. No? You didn't get any chocolate? I got nothing. Oh, that's rubbish. I've given up. I I wasn't even off. I've been working Friday, Monday, so as far as I'm concerned, it's just a normal weekend. Alright, I got a a packet of chocolate buttons for my mum. So I was happy with that. I got knocked unconscious on Friday, then I went to Petaudry on Saturday. Friday was much more fun. Ah, Laurie, (laughs) you're a loose cannon. I heard about this dancing, <laughs> the dance floor and slipping and just steamboats by the sounds of it. Oh, was this in a club? Oh, now you mention it, I've seen some of the photos on Facebook. Ah, you seem awfully reluctant to say anything about it, Laurie. <laughs> Let's just say that uh, I've never managed to knock myself unconscious for five minutes on the dance floor before. My moves are dangerous. <laughs> Murder on the dance floor. Aye. <laughs> I've seen I, right, some of those pictures... I have to ask, was it worth it? Oh, was what worth it? Getting knocked unconscious. <laughs> Did you get any sympathy? I got lots of sympathy until uh, my mates all realised that uh, I hadn't been punched. <laughs> Just been an idiot then. I got lots of sympathy at Petaudry by the because the female bouncer from the club was uh, also working Petaudry the next day, and so was one of the policemen. <laughs> That's a bizarre coincidence. Is that how you were getting your photo taken with a female bouncer? <laughs> to be fair, ne- neither of us could stop laughing after it. It's <laughs> a good sign, I suppose. Uh, right, the podcast tonight, we've got the Serbia game. We'll discuss that. Uh, the SPL, the SFL, a couple of league titles won there. And the uh, McBookie charity bet will end with the uh, SPL predictions, as usual. So we'll start off with the Serbia against Scotland game which finished 2-0 to Serbia. And, well, I don't think we, we honestly expected much more than that because Serbia are a decent team. I know that we often get ahead of ourselves and start thinking, oh, we can beat anybody. But even with Strachan in place, I didn't expect much from this. But I thought that, that Caldwell, he was blamed for the, the first goal anyway when the, the long ball went came over the top and then he got down to the line and ended up passing it to Hutton who was a bit slow to react, and then they, they went through and scored. But I thought the commentary and the media were a bit harsh on Caldwell, because I think Marshall should have come out to collect the ball, especially when Caldwell kind of put his arms out by his side, as if to say, I'm leaving it for you, and he was blocking the run of the attacker. can't remember the guy's name. And then Hutton as well, he should have been alive to the, the possibility that a short pass was coming. It seemed that he switched off expecting Caldwell to hoof it, which he should have done. He should have just hoofed it. But he didn't, and Hutton, the the pace when he, he realised that the ball was coming he, and he'd done this slide tackle, which missed, he should have done that before the pass came. He should have made himself a Basically what you're saying here is it's all David Marshall's fault and all Alan Hutton's fault that Gary Caldwell is an idiot and didn't do the right thing in the first place. I'm saying that they're all to blame. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sticking with blaming Caldwell for that one. It was absolutely abject again. But he left it for Marshall. You've seen the way he was... He was almost blocking the attacker's run because he was saying, look, come and get the ball. he got like, plenty yeah, of time to get the ball. That, that's a good argument if the keeper shouted for it, but there's no indication Marshall shouted for anything. 
So if Marshall hasn't shouted for it, it's the defender's job to get it clear. Yeah. And the defender, if he'd been doing his defensive job in the first place, he wouldn't have tried to pass it to Alan Hutton. He'd have just hoofed it. Yeah. Or he even could have walked out of the, the box with it because the attacker sold himself on the right-hand side, thinking the back pass was going to come to the keeper. So Caldwell, if he was calm enough, he could have just walked out with But this is Gary Caldwell. He's no poo, y'all, is he? It's just poo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's right. I was quite impressed with Hanley. I thought he recovered well after the the game against Wales. Uh, really? he did all right. He was a bit rough and really. really? But <laughs> well, I missed it. I missed the first half, so I must have missed when he was doing all right. I thought he looked terrible again when I saw him in the second half. Aye. he's like a he's like a Sunday league player. He just runs about charging into people. Doesn't look like he can read the game. He looks clumsy and. I think he's looks horrendous. Well. Fair enough, I did miss the first half, so maybe he played better than that. Yeah, but I've heard a few people say similar to you, Laurie. But maybe it was because my expectations were very low after the Wales game that I was I'd, pleasantly surprised. I was I was absolutely stunned, to be fair, that he started again. I, but there you go. I thought I thought it's one of our strong. I thought prior to those last two games, central defence has actually looked reasonable for us in recent weeks. Even under Levine, we kind of Never amazing, but I thought it's looked. I thought it looks like we've went well backwards in defence recently. Can I just point out that this podcast being recorded well as SPL game is going on? So if anybody heard me just going, it's because Dundee United have just been reduced to ten men. There's sent twelve off. minutes left. <laughs> Stuart Armstrong just gets sent off for a second. But you're ruining it all. You're ruining it all for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching on Sky Go, and it's a full minute behind you. Uh, You'll see the dive in a minute. <laughs> I'm trying to watch it in Sky Go and it's not working. Oh, it is a dive, like. Oh, it's, it's definitely a dive. Ah, it's pretty blatant. Unfortunately, he was booked earlier, so it's uh, 10 men with 11 minutes to go now. Come on, Dave Mackay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm missing out on this. Uh, can we just talk about the SPL? Because basically, Scotland were garbage again. Aye. And definitely not going to the World Cup because uh-huh. we're the only team in Europe that's mathematically out. Yep. <laughs> Even Sam, you know, I've got a chance. Uh, it's worth pointing out that uh, we need three points from the remaining games to secure a fourth pot. Great, because it's a big difference between fourth pot and fifth pot. And actually, that all depends on what UEFA do for qualifying for Euro 2016. Yep. They might change it because there's going to be more teams going to it. They might change it. I mean, what are they going to do with, if, if it's like 54 teams or, so, or 53 countries? Something along those lines. What happens if they go with like 13 groups of four teams? <laughs> well done, we've secured pot four. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, that's where the, the, the heavyweights say San Marino and the Pharaohs. Right, that's where we belong, to be honest. Maybe we're playing at the moment. Actually, the, the only thing I could say positive about the Serbia game was that Strachan managed to drop some of the biggest numpties for the Wales game, uh, and the boys he brought in did all right. But to be honest, it was still the, the lads that were poor in the Wales game that remained in the. The Serbia game, who were the, the the big faults, I thought, like the likes of Caldwell and Hutton. Uh, Hutton's he's just not a defender, is he? He's brilliant going forward. I really like him once he starts galloping, but as a defender, no. Not for me at all. And uh, Kenny Miller's talking about retiring now. I think he's finally got the hint that he's, not many people <laughs> like him. But I do like him. Yeah, I think that, he does a job. To be fair, we were all moaning after the Wales game that uh, Miller came on and Rhodes didn't. Well, Rhodes got a chance against Serba and didn't do all that much. No, he didn't. But maybe the, the style didn't really suit him. Maybe. Right, right. right we'll move on to the SPL. Right, because it's slightly better to talk about the Scotland. <laughs> <Is Aye. it? laughs> 
Well, it's just rightly. <laughs> I mean, it's the three of us, and uh, I want to say none of us had an SPL winner this week. I mean, that's no fair in Rangers, because I know any SPL, but... <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get a win in the third division either. Oh, well, that's a thought, eh? <laughs> We'll come to the SFL later. Aye. But uh, we'll start off at Pataudry, where Craig Brown was saying his goodbye to the Aberdeen faithful. Uh, Hearts were the visitors, and despite almost being gifted an early chance, it was Aberdeen who took the lead on account of Ryan Jack found Johnny Hayes in behind Hearts' defence. Hayes then squared it to the waiting now again, who had the easiest attack in to score Aberdeen's first goal against Hearts in about three and a half years. And at the other end, John Sutton hit the post, but that's about as close as Hearts came. Aberdeen had the ball in the net a second time in the first half, and it was very similar to the opening goal, but was ruled out for a tight offside in the build-up, which was probably right. They had another goal chopped off for offside in the second half, but that one looked wrong as Josh McGuinness was clearly onside at the edge of the box with Hearts defender inside the area. But Aberdeen did eventually get the second goal as McGinn cut in from the touchline before firing up a shot past Jamie McDonald. And uh, as if it wasn't bad enough for McGinn, he was in book for diving, which was probably harsh as well. It didn't look like a penalty, it didn't look like he could do much else. Uh, a late Danny Wilson effort was blocked by Johnny Hayes on the line and ensured Aberdeen got a clean sheet and three points, which keeps him in the hunt for the top six. So moving on to Dens Park, Motherwell took an early lead through the, the head of SPL top scorer Michael Higdon after a good ball in from Chris Humphrey. Most of the chances in this game went away the visitors, unfortunately, for the, the, the somewhat SFL bound in D. Uh, Higdon especially had several chances to add to his opening goal, but in the end it was Nicky Laws run on to a Keith Lasley through ball that saw him head in the second before he then curled in a third goal after a deep Tom Hately corner to secure all three points and that cut the lead at the top of the SPL to just 12 points. Dundee, meanwhile, are more and more likely to be confirmed relegation soon after the split. Uh, Easter Road, we had Hibs uh, hosting Inverness, where Hibs were trying to look to secure a top six place, something the visitors had already done for the first time in their history. But it was the visitors who had the better of a goalless first half before taking the lead through a lovely Ross Draper chip over Ben Williams that gave Inverness the lead early in the second half. Hibs then fought back through uh, a couple of chances, but eventually it was Gary Deegan's long-range effort which was deflected past Reguero by an just onside Lee Griffiths to level the game. But Inverness wouldn't be denied and got a deflection of their own off James McPake as Andrew Shinney took an edge-of-the-box shot, edge shot. So that plus results elsewhere. I've seen Hibs slip to 8th place and they could be denied a top-six spot before they even get to play Celtic at Celtic Park next weekend. Uh, that's some going for a team that were top of the table mid-November. Inverness, however, are still have one of one on their sights and are just three points behind them. Maybe six games to go. <coughs> Excuse me. High pitched there. It was a bit. <laughs> uh, going up to Dingwall, Kilmarnock are visitors, where both teams are still looking for the top six. County already in there, but looking for a final point to secure it, while Kilmarnock are still battling for one of the final spots. And it was the visitors who took an early lead through James Fuller's edge of the box strike into the top corner. And the home side had plenty of chances in the match, but through some poor finishing, last-ditch defending and even the base of the post, denying County a goal. There was a couple of second-half chances that did come Kilmarnock's way, but neither Chris Boyd nor Killian Sheridan could add to Fowler's opener. Still, a clean sheet meant Kilmarnock got all three points, which keeps County waiting for the top six until the final week. And uh, I believe if Dun United don't win tonight, they will clinch that anyway. And uh, that's not happening at the moment. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Kamala have got two matches against the bottom two SPL clubs to come, so I'm now pretty uh, favourite to be finishing in the top six this season. Then we'll move on to Sunday's game. Well, St Mirren were given a guard of honour by Celtic as the League Cup winners returned home for the first time after their Hamden triumph over Hearts. Celtic did start brightly though and took the lead early thanks to Chris Commons' header. 
But I show off myself to this season, that bright start faded and St Mirren came back into it. And then we got a series of absolutely horrific uh, refereeing decisions. We'll start off with the goal that was chalked off when Paul Dummett was pushed into Fraser Foster as he came to collect the ball. The replays then showed that Emilio Izaguirre was the one that uh, pushed Dummett in the first place. Although, to be fair, it's probably hard for the referee to spot that. I didn't spot it till about the third replay. Uh, what was easier to spot, though, was that, uh, the ball hitting the arm of George Samaras in the box at the end of the first half. Although some would suggest that he was put off by F.A. Ambrose just in front of him. The linesman should have seen it if the referee didn't. And a bad injury for Commons after colliding with Berumkaya ended his game just before half-time and just before that penalty claim. But the real controversy probably came in the second half when Victor Wanyama was shown a straight red card for a challenge on Paul McGowan, which looked as if he was going in high but dropped his foot, which ended up dragging his studs down the St Martin player's leg instead. Maybe he should have just kicked him. Stephen Thompson then went down looking for a penalty in the area but got nothing, and St Martin did eventually get a penalty when Ismael Gonsalves was taken out outside the box. <laughs> And we say take now, it looked like a dive in the replay. Mm-hmm. Uh, McGowan tucked away the penalty to share the points in the game that referee Bobby Madden probably should be taking out his shot. Well, that's probably a bit harsh. Maybe he should be uh, reviewing it. <laughs> this that's is the same guy who. This is the same guy who a few weeks earlier gave uh, Dundee United a penalty against, unfortunately, Celtic when Adam Matthews put in a cracking time, a crackingly timed challenge in the area. Uh, and we'll just a brief mention of the St Johnson Dundee United game which now has four minutes remaining Dundee United opened the scoring through 17 year old Ryan Gold midway through the first half as he got an end of a through ball from Mark Miller before slotting it under Alan Maris which isn't bad for his first start for Dundee United St Johnson did a first half claim for handball waved away in the area which is probably correct as the guy had his back to it and in the second half, the best effort has probably gone to St. Johnson, where uh, they've had an effort cleared off the line, and then a second attempt just seconds later was tipped on the post by Tiersniak. And uh, obviously there was a red card that I mentioned for Stuart Armstrong, where he was sent off for a second booking after a dive, which, as we all said, was a dive. There's uh, now three minutes remaining. <laughs> so we'll see if it happens. But that's us for the SPL. Aye, right, I wanted to go back to the, the Celtic game. Because there's quite a few things there to talk about and a few right. things to, to moan about. I don't know where to start first, really. Uh, the, the goal that was chopped off uh, yep. as he pushed Dummett into Forster. I yep. don't, as, as you said, I've seen it a few times before I, I really properly seen the push. So I, I don't think I'm going to be too harsh on Madden there. No, neither am I. I, mean, I. I think of the big decisions that the referee got wrong, that's the one I can understand the most because what we say, we never seen it till late on. Yep. Uh, the Samaras handball, I know that one of the, the claims that Samaras especially will say was that Ambrose had jumped for the ball and possibly shouted for it. It looked like he was going to get it, but then it just went over his head and it ended up hitting Samaras's hand. Lennon was adamant, Neil Lennon was adamant, that it was a, a handball and a clear penalty. But I don't know. I think you could argue that both ways because he wasn't expecting it, but then also it was a handball with his arms out from his body. So I, I think... My, my initial reaction to it was F. Ambrose had flicked it onto his arm, in which case it probably wasn't. But having seen the replays after that, Ambrose never touched it. Um, I think Ambrose does put Samaras off, mm-hmm. but whether it's enough to argue that it's not a handball, I don't know, because the arm's up there. What's it doing up there in the first place? Yes, exactly. It looks like he's maybe trying to play it, but then you could argue maybe he's not trying to play it, maybe he's expecting Ambrose to get it. It's a hard one to call. I mean, I think I do think the linesman probably had a better angle of it than the referee did. Yes, yes, I think he would have, yep. Which makes me wonder, 
how much was the linesman helping out the referee in this game? Because I think the linesman might have been able to see the push by F, uh, Emilio Izagiri as well for the goal that was chalked off. Yeah. And I think definitely the linesman would have seen the penalty that St Martin did get. So my question is, is Bobby Madden one of these referees that doesn't want help for the linesman? Yeah, because uh, apparently they do say that before the game. The, the oh, referee is the boss. And yeah. they, they say, yep, they say, I'm the boss. You follow me, for example, if it's throw-ins especially. But then I just don't know what, exactly what goes be, behind closed doors, especially oh, in Madden's case. No. Sorry. <laughs> St. Johnson had a great chance of run behind <laughs> and he blazed it over a bar. <laughs> This is like soccer Saturday. I know. Jeff, I Jeff, just call me Jeff. <laughs> I don't, Unbelievable, uh, Greg. Neil Lennon was having a, a moan about Kyle getting uh, thrown into the advertising boards. I thought that was a shoulder tackle myself. Ah, uh, well, man, that's all I say to that. Ah, yeah, I think he's a big boy, Kyle. He's he's quite prone to dashing out itself. Yeah. Right, and then the the red card is a shocker. Right, absolute shocker. Well, the thing is, right. And I'm going to I'm going to end this by saying that it wasn't a red card, but I'm going to start by saying studs shown, right? Yep. The, the challenge was late. It was dangerous. Mm. Right? But I would have said that's a yellow card 99% of the time. I think everybody says. It's a I don't card. think Apart it's from a my red dad. Card. My dad wanted him shot. I think when he was texting me. I don't know if my, I think my dad was trying to throw me. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, they're talking about appealing this, and I'm wondering if they will be able to appeal it because. Well, it's a straight red, so I'd imagine they can appeal it. Uh, sorry, I meant, uh, will they will they win the appeal? They will That's be allowed to appeal, Aye. but it's just, will they win it? Because I'm thinking the fact the studs were shown, the fact it was dangerous, probably means the referee can say, right, well, here's the rules, tick, tick, tick. Yes, a red card. My real concern over this is the referee has got so much wrong that anything that gets appealed might just be pulled up anyway, as, oh, we don't want to be... Basically ripping our uh, referee to shreds on this one because, to be fair, I think he deserves to be ripped to shreds because I think he's appalling. But I think I, I think there's three separate things the compliance officer's going to have to look at in this game. I think the red card will be appealed by Celtic, so that will be uh, looked at again. Whether Celtic win that appeal or not, we need to wait and see. I think they should. I think everybody else thinks they should. But I can I can see it being a political decision that they don't. Um, I think the next thing, St. Johnston have just scored. 92nd <laughs> <90 laughs> <second> minute, sorry. <laughs> Mid sentence, header for a corner. <laughs> Ruined it for me. <laughs> Laurie's watching on Sky Go and he's uh, about what? a minute behind. Uh, you'll catch up in a minute. <laughs> it's a good corner and header, to be fair. I'm trying to see who scored it. Anderson, maybe. Crap. Craig. Why is it on Dave Mackay? <laughs> oh, no, I can't watch it because my Sky Go wasn't working. St. Johnston's number 10. Who's that? Liam Craig. Liam Craig. Aye. It's a free header. Well, That's I a shocker. you were asking me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were asking me who scored when you said Craig. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if it stays like this, that's three points for me in the predictor. Because I went with one each. Uh, anyway, right, as I was saying, the, the second thing that the compliance officer is going to pull up, I think, is there's a dive by Consalves. Now, we know that the compliance officer's pulled up blatant dives before when the referee's been conned. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think there's no there was no contact with Emilio as he gave it. He went for it and missed. Yep, I agree. Yep. So no I think he's going to pull that one up. But I think the third thing that's going to get pulled up is Neil Lennon for his comments after the game. Yes. Because yes. I think if you come out and criticise a referee, you should be getting pulled up for it. It doesn't matter the fact that he has come out and said St. John St. Mirren. Neil says St. Johnson. St. Mirren were denied a penalty. 
It, it shouldn't matter whether it's uh, for your team you think the referee's been criticised or if it's for the opposition that you think the referee should be criticised. He's still criticising the referee. You're not allowed to do that. He has to be pulled up for it. Yep. Yes, you're right. He's going to be busy. And I'm uh, going to mention the Gonsalves penalty. So I think we're all agreed that there was no contact. So it was a dive. Yeah. Uh, it's potentially going to be dealt with by the compliance officer. But the thing that gets me, the thing that annoys me, is that if the referee spotted it there and then he would have got a yellow card. Now that the referee didn't spot it, so a mistake by Bobby Madden has meant that this is potentially going to a compliance officer who's going to dish out a game ban. To is me, that's not fair. Whatever it is, whatever it is, it's, it's more uh, than yeah, a Yeah, it's a card. bigger punishment for getting caught later on. So, Gonsalves so, uh, is getting punished, basically. He's getting punished for a mistake made by cheat. Madden. <laughs> he's not getting no, punished for cheating because it, that's a yellow card offence. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. It's a yellow card if you get, if you get caught cheating. It's a red card if you're good at cheating. All oh, right, yeah, aye. To be fair, that if you're looking at it retrospectively, though, then it's after the game they've benefited from they potentially have benefited from whatever he did. But whose mistake was that, Bobby Madden's? Yeah, but then you could say, what if they've cheated really well? I've not seen this. I, I wasn't watching. But, <laughs> I'm, but sure, I'm mean? sure there's no sporting advantage from this. But, but do you know, let's ask Nimbo Smith. Do you know what I'm or, saying? If if someone's if someone's cheated and you could you couldn't blame the referee at all, it's like he deceived everyone. Then and that won their team the game. Is that not would that not still be fair that he gets slightly worse than if the referee just spotted him doing something? Just putting out, just just putting out. No, there, you know. Yeah, if you've successfully cheated, then it might have been of benefit. So you're saying they should be punished more because your team's benefited, but then. Surely it should be the team that has to be punished rather than you. Yeah, I just think it should be... I think you're a little big can of worms there. That's it. A yellow card if it's caught, a yellow card if it's not, or a two-game ban if it's caught or not. I just think it should be the same. I don't think that there should be this difference. And then if we're talking about getting done for conning the referee in the build-up to that penalty, you notice Anthony Stokes goes down, rolling about in agony, realises he's not getting a free kick and he's up straight away. Looking like he's wanting to help out the defence. Uh, yeah. Maybe if he just cleared it in the first place, everything would have been fine. So I know he's not going to get dealt with. And I yeah. know that uh, there's a lot of people will say, oh, well, how do you know he was hurt or what? But to me, he looked like he was cheating. He looked like he went down, he was simulating pain, and then he gets up when he realises he's he's not getting the free kick. Now, loads of players do it. I'm not just picking on Stokes, but that was a good example because it happened immediately before. Penalty. To be fair, I don't think he was rolling about in pain. I think it was more sort of... It, it looked like he was something that was twinging on him and was annoying him rather than actual pain, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he might have been in pain and he got up and played through right the off. pain. He could have been yeah. in agony, yeah. But it just looked to me as if it was simulation and it's, it's something I wanted to bring up because it's something that annoys me so much that players go down and they, they're just, they pretend you know they're what, in agony a lot. Like, do you know what annoys me more and what would help is if referees understood the rules and you don't have to stop it unless it's head knock. But how many times do they just stop it anyway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I guess how quickly, I how quickly would that stop players doing it? If I know that a lot of the time now they don't stop it, but still so many times he kind of doesn't stop it at first, but if the player really persists, then he does stop it. Yeah. And it's really frustrating. I mean, It annoys me. You see when it's a, a substitute and you notice the guy's actually on his feet and he decides to sit down. 
just so he can be subbed. Oh, like, so he's not yeah. even in that much pain. He's just deciding, right, I need to go off. You compare that to back in the, the day when, I think it was Jack Charlton in the Scotland-England game, he was hobbling about. He could hardly move, and he just played on. I, I know he had to because there was no subs back then, but there was none of this <laughs> sitting down Aye. and saying, kick the ball. It was a man's game back then. It was a man's game, exactly. Anyway, um, just in case anyone's keeping up with us, the St. Johnson game hasn't ran on for about 10 minutes. Injury time, it did finish one each. So uh, that's St. Johnson and Ross County both confirmed a place in the top six now. And we've got four teams shooting out for that sixth and final place. That's uh, Kilmarnock, Aberdeen, Dundee United and Hibs. All pretty much the same number of points. That's going to be a very different top and bottom six than what we predicted at the start of the season. Isn't it half? Can you, like, it's a very likely scenario that we'll have Aberdeen, Dundee United, Hibs and Hearts all in the bottom six. Who would have thought of that? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Aberdeen there, but what's going on here? Uh, appoint a new manager and say, oh, by the way, you're not going to be taking charge of the next two games because Mr. Brown is going to be taking charge of those. That's just bizarre. That's a bit... Although but it's not as bizarre. Uh, in England, is it Paul Sturrock? He got... Uh, mutually accept whatever he got, he got sacked <laughs> mutually consented. consented that's it that's mutually it. consented out the door and then he got told You're he's allowed to come back to take charge of the final at Wembley that's bizarre that is very bizarre aye that's the weirdest one yeah I mean I can understand the Derek McInnes one at least a bit because that's a kind of well we'll let Craig Brown finish the, the pre-spot and you can have the post-spot mm-hmm. so that there's no pressure on you when depending on trying to get into the top six when you might finish the bottom six anyway mm-hmm. so uh, yeah, clean slate oh, clean slate clean <laughs> slate effectively <laughs> <laughs> that's, too, that's too good mess up saying I'm going to see if I can get them I'll cut them out stop not cut them out I'll uh, make a entertain podcast if I stop talking will right we'll move on to the SFL Aye. And unfortunately, I'm going to start with Division 1. And a wee yep. bit of a negative was Dunfermline because they went into administration and there was some immediate job cuts. Unlike the Rangers situation, I was just telling my wife that normally when clubs go into administration, the, the big players do leave. Rangers was a bit of an exception to that. But yeah, there was players left. Uh, Captain Jordan McMillan was one of them. Uh, Andy yep. Barrowman, uh, Joe yep. Cardle, there was a, a few others. The- the good news is that some of them have actually signed for new clubs already because um, Jordan McMullen went to Partick Thistle, I believe. Yep, he did. Um, Andy Barrowman has joined Dundee. Yep. And I think I've seen Joe Cardo went somewhere, but I never caught where. I'm glad that they were able to sign for clubs. They must have a special rule in place that says if it's administration, you're allowed to sign because well, this is their livelihoods and their, yeah. they had a job one day and the next day, nothing. So Yeah, yeah I th- th- there was some rule they had to sign by Sunday. Yeah, because but, well, the, uh, the free, the unattached transfer window goes on till uh, the end of March. I thought, I thought you had to be, you had to leave the club during the window for that to, for you to be uh, eligible. I think like, there could very well be a, a, a rule that lets you do it if you go into administration. Yeah, right, good. so Cardo has joined Wraith Rovers, so right, that's the. That's good. Some, no, it's good. It's good to see they've got somewhere to play because I would hate to see some of these players that had uh, dropped and, and couldn't get something else. But I'd imagine there must be some players in there because that's the only three I've heard. But it was soaring as well though for them to lose one of their best players to Wraith Rovers. Yeah, true. I suppose the backroom staff as well that would have lost their jobs that we often forget about. They're the yeah. ones that are going to be struggling with their mortgage payment and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, maybe that's why they probably couldn't hide 
the sort of high money men first because they might be able to handle it a bit better. I know yeah. it obviously reduces cost quicker if you cut the high earners, but I remember at Rangers when they went in administration, Greg Wilde offered himself up because he said yeah. he would rather he left rather than the tea lady, for example. Yeah, I mean that was that was pretty good of him. But then it turned out nobody else had to leave, which was a bit harsh. Especially since he's such a young guy. You'd expect somebody like Jigger to say, look, okay, I've made my money. I'll mm-hmm. be the one that takes the hit for everybody. But but yeah. I suppose maybe the argument is that he was going to get somewhere else to go anyway, and he did, which was good. Yes. Jordan Mullen, I worry about though, because did he not leave Rangers in like the January and then they went into the administration in the February? And then he's went to Dunfermline, who were going to get into administration. Yep. Maybe it's not how many to worry about, maybe it's part of the As we say, better not join Hearts in the summer. <laughs> Aye, so Partick are leading the, the first division. They're now favourites. Yep. I think they're four, four points, points clear. clear. Aye. And a game in hand. That's not bad going at all. Because uh, they beat Cowden Beath for Morton lost to Wraith Rovers. Uh, I believe Thistle will play that game in hand on Tuesday, although Morton will get it back because Thistle are playing Queen of the South in the Ramses Cup final. Yeah. Right, we'll move on to Division 2. And congratulations to Queen of the South for winning the second division title and being the first team in Britain to win their league. Aye, Wednesday night they went up to Station Park, which I know is a home of Forfa, but uh, they were playing Breaking City. Yep, the hairdresser uh, Nicky Clark scored twice for them. Is he a hairdresser? Oh, right, aye, that hairdresser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not really a hairdresser. He's his second division top scorer, value. I believe. Yeah. In fact, I think he's the top scorer in Scotland. Has he scored more than Little? Little's I scored. think so, aye, it's something like... 25 or something, I think that was good. 23, maybe? Don't know. I need to check that, because I did look up at some point, went through the week, because I was looking up the, the top scorers in Scotland, to see who they were, and uh, I'm fairly sure he was the top scorer out of the four divisions. Andy Little has got 22 goals, Nicky Clark has got 25. Alright. Alright. Queen of South, unbeaten at home in the league, and they've only lost one game away from home. A superb record. Just to complete the top scorers, Lyle Taylor of Falkirk has got 22 in the first division, and Michael Higdon, as I said earlier, 21 goals in the SPL. Yep. So I'm not going to bother looking down the bottom of the second division, because who cares with the upcoming reconstruction happening? Well, you say that, they're might. They're not just arguing that they might wait the next season, or they might do SPL 2 now, and all sorts of oh, other that I can't bother with anymore. Oh, this SPL 2 nonsense better stop, because that really annoys me. I just don't like it at all. Uh, it just, uh, aye, uh, it just annoys me too much. But the whole thing annoys me a bit. Just Doncaster uh, saying it has to be this summer. Aye, no, it doesn't. Aye, he's just trying to build. Actually, no, you, I think there there is an argument for that because a lot of sponsorship deals are up this summer. I know yep. the SFL's Iron Brew sponsorship is finished at the end of the season. The Clydesdale Bank. Is that finished at the end of the season as it well? It does, yeah. which a lot of people have forgotten about. The, the SPL doesn't have a sponsor, so it's no wonder Neil Doncaster's pushing for this. And it's no wonder that he's also threatening this SPL too, because he seems to be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. And, it, well, I just think he's a business. I'm, play, I'm naming him because he's a face, but the SPL's a business, and I don't think we should be trusting them to decide what's best for Scottish football. No, to be honest, I don't trust any of the three uh, leaders of the, the, the bodies. I don't think Stuart Regan's any good. I don't think David Longmuir's any good. And I don't think uh, Neil Doncaster's any good either. They may, maybe they should amalgamate them, because I'm, I'm claiming that we should just have one person called Stuart Longcaster. <laughs> See, I quite like Longmuir. 
I think he, he talks a lot of sense. He's been quite open throughout all of this. About right, well, how... you say that, but so he went from being quite positive about the 12-12-18 the setup and all that in January to being quite negative about it in the recent meetings. So, what's he changed his tune for? Don't mm. trust him. It's all right. All right. All right, we'll move on anyway, because... It's... All right, let's talk about the third one. It'll be a couple of weeks where we'll focus quite heavily on that, because it's the 15th where the, the big vote comes, and aye, it's going to be fireworks, regardless of how it goes. Right, in Division 3... The Rangers clinched the third division title despite it drawing. Let's <laughs> put that correctly. Elgin City clinched it for them. Aye, a Rangers fan, Stuart Leslie. He was in the paper. Oh, was bad. It. I thought that was quite uh, like, an interesting wee touch that. He says he, he dreamed of scoring the, the goal that clinched the title for Rangers and he did it. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, thanks very much. So that, that's it. Rangers have won the league and it was a bit of an anticlimax for myself. Because it was like, mm, right, okay. I know that they they had to win the league to be promoted, ignoring reconstruction. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel. Doesn't what feel did like you expect it to feel like? Yeah, well, I expected it to feel like a, a league title had been won, but it, for some reason it didn't. It's because you're in the fourth year of Scottish football with an SPL team. Exactly. <laughs> still, still did it with five games to spare, so that's not too bad. Yes. Clearly, uh, South did do it with six games to spare, but hey Been beaten once at home and once away. According to the ESPN advert, the title party continues at Hamden next weekend. A title party, yep. Don't talk to him about that advert. I watched it earlier. It was some absolute ridiculous nonsense on it. So it mentions administration, doesn't mention liquidation, like it's been erased from history. It then mentions something about the fans saving the club. I'm not sure exactly what the fans said today, but... <laughs> as long as it was a good advert, that's the main thing. Uh, it was a good advert if it was done on Rangers TV. <laughs> on ESPN, it's a bit of a farce. Didn't say much about the fact it was Ross Hearts Ross County as well. Also, Hearts Ross County. Aye, yeah, that one. <laughs> to be fair, that is never an el- a, a totally irrelevant game because Ross County's top six place is secure and Hearts are, um, well, they're East third bottom. So it's not like they, t- they talked about Queen's Park chasing playoffs, though, was it? R- the Rangers' half of their game's irrelevant. <laughs> uh, well, I suppose, uh, oh, die. That's if there is playoffs. We never know. Ah, that's, ah, no. They probably will be playoffs and then about rendered irrelevant because they'll decide something in what June. That's it. See, yeah, that's Neil Doncaster. He's the type of guy that see if you kicked your ball into his garden, he'd get a knife and he'd stick it in the ball and say, "I hear ya." He is. I think he'd hold on to your ball and charge you to get it back. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's my ball now. Oh, I feel like hurts on third bottom or second bottom on goal difference. Fourteen points clear of Dundee. Yep. Right. We'll move on to the charity bit. We done okay, but okay wasn't good enough in this instance. I see, selfish Elgin winning the, that game against Queen's Park can cost us charity money. Stuart Leslie, aye, it's, it's aye. his dream. Chasing his dream, forgetting selfish. about the children. Absolutely selfish, aye. ridiculous. Yeah, think of the kids. Right, because uh, Falkirk and Queen of South both won. That was the rest of the charity bit, but Queen's Park lost, so no money for us this week. Aye, we were talking earlier. Uh, Chris and I were talking about renegotiating this McBookie deal. Maybe going to see if we can get some bookies' pens out of, out of the deal, Laurie. Maybe one per season. <laughs> like I said earlier, I don't want a pen because I'm starting to turn into Pat and Evan fiddling my pen when I'm recording this. Apart from this week because I'm not sitting in my regular position because I was watching the football. Hi, <laughs> Chris is on his couch and as I said earlier, I've never done it on the couch before. <laughs> 
That, that was the, the, the pre-podcast chat. <laughs> oh, I don't need to clip that now. <laughs> oh, well, you, you'll be able to get my mutually... What do I call it? Mutually accepted. Somewhere. You meant mutually consented. Whatever it was, I couldn't say it. Uh, right, go for the charity bet, right? Keep it simple. How are you going to do that? It's no Queen of the South this week. Unless you want to pack game and beat Party Thistle in the cup. No, that's too risky. <laughs> I know, I'm not touching the cup either. <laughs> right, okay, I'm going to go on Saturday. I'm going to go for Celtic at home to Hibs. What? <laughs> like, you metal. One of you four. haven't beat Hibs this year. Sorry, this season. Aye. Ah, don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about it. I'm, I've got a feeling. Woohoo! Wait till we get to the SPL predictions. <laughs> uh, right, I am going to go with Hamilton at Dunfermline. Hmm. Hmm. I'm thinking that I've not looked ahead to this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a shock. Been. I know. Um. Uh, uh, Hamilton at Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's no on the McBookie site. Is it not? No. Really? Did I make that one up? In fact, I, right, while we're looking at that, I'm going to change mine. I'm not going to go for Celtic because I spotted a banker. Oh. Right? This is even more a banker than the Celtic one. Right? Morton. Morton. To Airdrie. Oh, that's a good Same crap odds. It's the <laughs> same crap odds, but Morton are really having to push for it, whereas Celtic have got the league in the bag pretty much. Hamilton are definitely playing Dunfermline on Saturday. Ah, it's, it's not... They're put, they're, they're, Hamilton are at home at Dumbarton on Tuesday. I wonder if that's throwing it. It's not on the McBookie site. Oh, come on, McBookie are normally the number one bookmaker in Scotland. Oh, Alright, oh, so I don't know the odds. Right, I'm going to throw Dundee United in there. Dundee United? At ah, home to it's... Aberdeen? Ah, a bit of a risky one, but... The new firm, Pobrin's last game. I just think... I thought United looked quite decent today, tonight, today against the Johnston. At home, they can still make the top six, leapfrog Aberdeen. I don't think, I thought it was more hearts were quite crap against Aberdeen the weekend. I don't think they were particularly good. So aye, sneaky wee risky one. Dundee United to be Aberdeen. Right, okay, that's six to five. Now, I'm kind of regretting that every week I pretend that I work out the, the return. Because it's not going to be able to go in the bet slip. Uh-huh. Right, okay, well, we're just going to have to guess, right? Well, if it was just a double, we'd get £27 back, so it's going to be more than that. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> right, aye. We'll, we'll move on because I, I can't get the odds. No, I just... Uh, I can't. I, I, I just can't get it. I've let everybody down. In fact, McBookie's let everybody down. Yep. Aye. Think of the children, Mr. McBookie. I'm sure they'll sort it out. But as just I said... Not, just not in time for the podcast, unfortunately. As I said earlier, they're the number one bookmaker in Scotland. I could use a charity bet for long. That's I know. And well, they're very generous. bookie pens as well. <laughs> Only because you've said that. <laughs> On Laurie, I was trying to get some free beer for us, but... I've not been able to get in. Sorry, I mentioned on Twitter I was wanting some free tenants for as if as part of a sponsorship deal, maybe even Belhaven Best. I couldn't drink tenants, it's disgusting. I, well, Chris was saying similar, but that's alright with me. I could drink <laughs> more for me. That's alright for you. Aye. Right. 
we're going to do the SPL predictions. We've got a game on Wednesday, and that's yep. Kelly against St Mirren. Right, Chris, I'm going to let you go first because I'm not sure about this. I see Aaron and Kamala at home, pushing for the top six. I think they'll win this pretty comfortably, actually. I think they'll go 2-0. 2-1, mm, Kelly. Aye, I'm going to go for 2-1 as well. Then on Friday, we've got Inverness against St. Johnson. I'm going to go for a home victory for that. 1-0. I'm going to say 2-0 for Inverness. Aye, 2-0 sounds good to me. 2-0. Then on Saturday, the, the big game on ESPN that they've been bigging up, Hearts against Ross County. Paul Band. Do you think so? <laughs> Hearts on the telly. Almost guaranteed 0-0. Ah. Right, I'm gonna go one 0 to Ross County. It's gonna it's gonna surprise you. It's gonna be three two hearts. Got <laughs> <laughs> a chance. I'm only saying that because I can't. You've not put the games on the predictor thing yet, and I'm gonna forget to put this in anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I put Wednesday, Friday on, did I not? But I've not done Saturday games. Aye, anyway, you meant to pretend that it's all automatic rather than a. Manual process that sounds what, so amateurish. What, the, what, the, pre- the predictor reads what I think is going to be the game and just <laughs> I don't even have to click. Right, Celtic against Hibs. As I said earlier, I think it's going to be a home one. I'm going to go 2 0 Celtic. Well, it was a 2 each draw earlier in the year. It was a 1 0 defeat for Celtic at Easter Road. Uh, Celtic have absolutely chucked it so far this season, so I'm going to say 2 1 Hibs. Oh. Get good odds on that. Yep. 3-0 Celtic. Send Hibs in the bottom six and Don't give see, us one. I, see, to be honest, I think it'll be finished for Hibs when Kilmarnock beat uh, St Martin on Wednesday right. night. So, that'll be Hibs done. No, I, I reckon Hibs will win this. Cause I, <laughs> I just don't, don't think Celtic have got it in them anymore. Hibs do. Against us, I think it's about the only time they've played any decent. Is that not their only win in what, since November or something like that? It's their only home wins in November or some, there's some statistic like that. They've just went free fall, haven't they? Huh? Uh, right, Dundee United against Aberdeen. I'm going to have to go with the charity bet in this. <laughs> despite, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to. I feel sad for Paul Brown losing his last game in charge, but I, I'll need to go for a home win. I'll just need to go 1-0 then. Uh, United have drawn like their last five games or something. I'm sure I've seen that SPL stats tweeting that is going to be a record if that happened tonight, and it has. So I'm going to say Danny United seem to be a good bet for a draw. Let's go one each. 3 1 United. Just you forgot completely about the charity bet. No, I remembered about the charity bet. I just don't agree with Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> right then, we've got Kelly against Dundee. 3 0 Kelly. 2 1 Kelly in the top six. Um, something nil, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> two nil, Kelly. Two nil, Kelly. Motherwell against St Mirren. A home win, three one. Uh, even if Celtic somehow do beat Hibs, they still need Motherwell to lose to clinch the on Saturday, and that's not going to happen. Motherwell going to win two nil. I throw another two nil in there. Why not? All right, that's us done for all the games. The weekend, come in. And I want to mention the predictor because it's that time of the month where the, the March competition has ended and the winner of that of £20 is Cozy Scone or Cozy Scone. 
depends how you see it. We've got 17 points that month compared to... Oh, I don't think I've predicted because it's got me down as having zero points. <laughs> 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 I'm going to have to look back to see how many I got wrong. Right, and Black Dog got 15. He's a regular on the, the forum. My dad got 13. <laughs> Japester got 12. I I 10. I kept forgetting to put them on. Rubbish, despite me saying it on the podcast. Rubbish. See, if all the games were in and you just did them when you did the podcast, that would make life a lot easier. It would. Aye, that's what Laurie does. Or he tries to do if I'd got all the matches in. <laughs> Aye, there was a, I think there was a six-week spell or something between <laughs> on that I didn't put any in. Aye. Right, anything else you want to discuss? Because we've got to the end of uh, everything on my agenda, apart from no. the goodbye. I've not done that, but... Like, well, other than mentioning that uh, by my reckoning both the SPL and the First Division could be decided on April 20th if the top teams keep winning and if uh, Thistle and Morton draw on April 10th that's uh, when Celtic and Thistle would both win the title on the same day so could be party time in Glasgow that night Aye, I want to mention that uh, last week I, I said that somebody called me or said I sounded like Stephen Presley it made me think that Scott from the footyblog.net was on the podcast and I'm sure he mentioned it on the podcast that uh, he thinks I look like Willow Flood. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I was telling folk at work that somebody said I sounded like Stephen Presley, they said, no, you don't, but you look like Neil Lennon. So, <laughs> It's just not good, is it? Uh, they're just using hair colour association. There, there really is nothing in there that's good at all, is there? I wouldn't like a lot of Neil Lennon. I wouldn't like a lot of Willow Flood. I definitely <laughs> wouldn't like a lot of Willow Flood. Willow Flood looks like Gollum. Uh-huh. Aye, thanks, Chris. <laughs> I don't think you will either. <laughs> Nor do I think you say what Stephen Fresley. Stephen Fresley is far more doer. Aye. See, aye, I'm quite boring. But hopefully not Stephen Fresley. No. Actually, I was having a conversation in a pub on Friday night with an Irishman. And he had never heard the word doer. No? No. Yeah. How did that come into conversation? <laughs> it was weird because there was another Irishman sitting there and he knew the word perfectly well. It seemed to, one was for Belfast and one was for Derry. It was a very strange conversation. I, I, I quite like the thought of you just going up to folk just saying, have you ever heard this word? <laughs> it was a couple of my work colleagues, one of whom uh, left on Friday, unfortunately. So it was a leaving night. Right. Yeah, but- well, that's us go to the end then, the podcast. Hey, Laurie, was that's that a... you zipping up your fly? I'm <laughs> saying <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> what sound? <laughs> oh, oh you just wait till you listen back. We, we just sound like a bunch of alcoholics now, don't we? Because this podcast started with Laurie and his antics on Friday night, and it seems to have ended with my antics on Friday night. And let's face it. Talking to two Irishmen about a word doer is a lot better than because uh, they're not unconscious for five minutes. Oh, it doesn't sound nearly as fun. <laughs> it sounds a lot safer. When we mentioned it, I liked how Laurie was reluctant to talk about it. I can't wait to we, we stop the recording and ask him exactly why he wasn't wanting to discuss it. <laughs> he, he's been very reluctant about the girls that were in the, the Facebook photos. I think it's his new job, he's in trouble or something. <laughs> I'll find out and I'll, I'll mention it in the podcast next week 
right but thanks guys for coming on and if you listen right to the end thanks for listening yeah thanks for listening I'll speak to you next week yeah bye bye